fucking up. <laughs> Man, we just talked to my little bro, him and CB, and he took us back down memory lane <laughs> with just some of the funny stuff <laughs> cats be doing man we got jokes for days that uh <laughs> that just got me in tears over here man but man it's been a jam-packed week we got a lot to unpack we got a lot to discuss where do we begin i think i'm gonna start and jump us off with the whole lakers hiring darvin ham man mm. what you guys think about that is that the right move is the Lakers going to end up back in the championship off of that hiring decision? My thing, bro, is I think it's a good hire, number one. He's well-respected around the league. He did his due diligence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Definitely went through the process of steps. He's uh, He could relate to the generation. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a lot of love with the players. You know, Milwaukee, I seen LeBron happy. And now it's just about getting the respect now. You know what I mean? Building that. So I think it's a great hire, man. I'm happy for him. Right. He from he from Flint, yeah, okay. Michigan. You know, I remember following his career. Man, he had so many hops, bro. Yeah, I did too. Jump, I remember. Jump. Right. Oh, he was a dog. One hand dunking on everybody. Oh man. So I'm excited <laughs> for him though, bro. Yeah. So I think it's a good hire too, man, to piggyback off what you saying, C B. Uh he been around, he been on the bench for a while. He, you know what I mean, did a lot of years with the Bucks and so I'm happy to see him get his shot. My only one reservation is, are the Lakers going to allow him to have his show? Well, are they going to tell him to pick his coaching staff, or is it going to be, you know what, he can hire Jerry three Jones. To, exa- exactly. That's is a it? good example. That's <laughs> exactly. a good example. You know what I'm saying? But it's even more than Jerry Jones. you got Phil Jackson and uh, Kurt Rambis and Linda Rand, just all these different people that's got their hand in the fire. Yeah. So hopefully, man, with this new hire, he gets to hire his staff at least. Have some say so about what's going on, man. But again, I'm happy for him. I might be get a chance to coach a LeBron and an AD, maybe even Rush. You know what I'm saying? Depending on what do they do. Do you with. guys think this was a LeBron hire, or you think this is a Lakers future hire, like post LeBron era? Because I've been like, man, I'm... I don't think it was a LeBron hire. I'm gonna just okay. say that first okay. and foremost. I don't see that. I don't see him saying. Out of all the coaches in the world, I want Darvin I don't see that. But I see, like, out of the coaches that you've left me with, and this is what I have to choose from, okay, I'll take yeah. Darvin Ham. It was like, I don't, I don't want to say Lakers is a bad job, but people around the league know what that entails. Exactly. It's like Cowboys, in yeah. a sense, bro. You just said it. That's so a perfect that's, comparison. You know what I mean? I'm probably not going to get my first, second guy that I want. Yeah. But guess what? I could get assistant coach. Yeah. And like you said, they they gonna be able to they gonna jump at the opportunity. Yeah, they gonna jump. You know what I mean, that he coach gonna, is gonna jump and be a coach for the Lakers. There you go. You know, you know what I mean. So I think he gonna have to definitely prove himself as a head coach because he never been it. And I think, like you said, filling them guys. Hopefully, he can choose a staff though. Like you know, he a head coach. Man. Vogel so Frank Vogel didn't get a chance to choose his mm-hmm. own staff. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy, bro. Big homie, is this too big of a stage for Darvin Ham first time out as a head coach? I think the proof will be in the pudding. Uh, I would I would say it's a little early to tell that. But we'll know early on, like, it's going to take a couple of games before you either got the respect of your stars on your team or you don't. I remember y'all brought up this, and this was 100, man. Remember how, like, we, we love – ultimately we love Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. but when you play in a small market we might not have seen all them bad games you have when you play for the Cowboys the Yankees or the Lakers when you under that bright light when you under LA that light 
it's a little bit different. It get a little more real. And so my thing is, is that like when Jay Kidd got his first head coaching gig, I thought like that Brooklyn Nets team was mm-hmm. a good level to, to come at. I'm talking about this one, the high profile KD, right. Kyrie Nets. Right, you got a lot of vets that had that was yeah, on that team. You get what I'm saying? When um when when coaches now Steve Kerr he got he got lucky with mm-hmm. his team already being intact from Mark Jackson. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But most times Steve Nash got lucky coming into the Nets situation. Mm-hmm. But the Lake show, that's a that's a different beast. The media is different in LA. And you guys know New York being the mecca of the world, the media is different. Yeah. I'm just wondering if that environment, like you said, either it'll get revealed to us really quickly yeah. on whether or not it's too much. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying if he should be in a smaller market. What come at it from this angle? What do y'all think about? Hold on, let me let me finish on what Chris was saying. Bro. Okay, finish that. I think the expectations ain't high for him, bro. Think about it. If if I'm the president, like look, think you about the it, Lakers. You can't think. I, about I, I feel that though. Lakers, they got to be. But he ain't, he he want my guy. Like like so it's just like interview process, right? I wanted this guy. This guy said no. I wanted this guy. He said no. Who's I'm saying that though, like, CB? Who's saying this ain't my guy? Right. That's what I'm saying. Is the GM saying that? Is Rob Palinka saying that? Is Genie I think they all play a role, bro. They all play a role. He won the number one choice. He won the number one choice. Okay. So 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 my thing is, I'm thinking from from. What I went through, you know what I mean, as a head coach. And I know it ain't L.A. Lakers, though. So I'm thinking, okay, we hire an assistant coach. He comes from a winning organization. You know what I mean? He went through the steps in, process, in the processes. Now let's let's give him a good staff. Let's probably get a long-term, a guy who was a head coach before that could sit on the bench, that could, rock the, uh, that could rock, walk the steps with him. Phil Jackson would look over him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's a lot of those intangibles that go with it, bro. But is that a is that a plan to win or is that a plan to fail? I think it's a plan to win. I think they now they look back, they they know they gotta win now, bro. But they gotta they gotta tighten up that roster though. They gotta but, get some youth on that roster. See, I got bro. pushback. If it was a plan to win right now, then they would have tried to go get their first choice. But sometimes you who, who that ain't a that ain't a job everybody want, bro. But why they don't want it? I think it's a lot. I think from from me watching the Lakers this year, bro, you mm-hmm. you got you got LeBron, you got a lot of veterans. They you got a lot of older guys, bro. Anthony Davis is in and out. Russell Westbrook didn't have a good year. It's just LeBron. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like you said, it's everything that goes in the Lake Show. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's not a hot job. They ain't make the playoffs. You know what I mean? So assistant coach is hot for him. Like I'm a assistant coach, I'm ready to be a head coach. Any job but Juan Howard didn't even want it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. He had Michigan. He didn't want the job. So it, I don't think it's a a great job. And like you said, it's too many, it's too many strong personalities in our organization, bro. Phil Jackson, like you said, Palinka, mm-hmm. Janie Buss. You know what I mean? Two things. I think it's potentially it has potential to be a good job. Mm-hmm. Why I say that is because it is L.A. and yep. it is the Lakers. Exactly. All that story, it's a story franchise and everything that goes with it. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Secondly, um, you got those stars on the team. But the reason why I don't think it's a good job is because, bro, it's too much riffraff in your ear. Like, mm-hmm. And the reason why you won't get your first or second choice is because all the riffraff. You get what I'm saying? Like, You can't get a Mark Jackson because – he going to want to run it his way. He going to want to put exactly. his staff, all that. Leave me alone when I'm making basketball decisions. Exactly. Timeouts, yada, 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 yada. Exactly. Stay out of that. I'm a coach. And you do the upstairs mm-hmm. stuff. So I think it's a lot going on there. But my original point to you was, uh, what do y'all think about LeBron, man, having to bring on 
or two or, or perform for a first year coach at, in year 19 or year 20 of your career. Like and That's what I'm ultimately getting at, bro. So that, two things back to that point and to touch on CB and I'll intertwine them. The Lake Show ain't a job that you can have low expectations. Correct. Yeah. So it's like when you play for Green Bay, the Cowboys, the 40, like it's the expectation that you win. You know what I'm saying? So, first head coach, first year or not, it's like the freshman that's getting moved up to varsity. Like we always say, once you become on varsity, don't nobody care that you're a freshman. Nope. Produce. Get results. Darvin Ham going to have to get results. And now you got the best player on the planet, LeBron James, arguably, I should say, because he's getting older. But 19 years in, and I got a first-year head coach, what is that – what message is that sending to him and the Lakers? So, my thing is – I just been 50-50 about the timing of this hire as well as is he the best fit for where LeBron is at in his career or like I said originally is this a future hire for the post LeBron era of the Lakers we want a good hot shot young coach we want to already have him here let him have LeBron and then let LeBron on his way out now he can take over the show and the players will respect him he should have some wins under his belt I don't know I just know it's different, man. I th- go ahead. No, you. I, I think the players are gonna respect him when he got hired. LeBron was excited. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the face of the Lakers' uh, future. So you, we already know in professional sports, there's no future. That's like it's point. like, and you got L.A. You got to win now. You know what I mean? So, like you said, he might not. He. I don't think he's gonna have that control. Like you said, bro. I don't think. So I don't either. think that, bro. Like, like you, you said, you assistant coach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They gonna have a mentor on the staff with him. You know, but I don't think he's gonna have that control. I think all the controls are gonna come in the front office, and I think they gonna reflect back, and they gonna know what they need. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and we know they need youth. They need some guys that could be able to run. They need some guys that could be able to make open shots, open threes. That could play defense. You know what I mean? Like Play that. with passion. Mm-hmm. You know, every night. So hopefully, man. I'm, you know, we love Russ, man. But hopefully, man, he played better, dog, this year, man. I'm not even sure he' gonna be around. That's mm-hmm. my next point. I want to talk to us mm-hmm. about will this current roster, roster of the Lakers exist as it currently is? Yeah. I, I I don't know if none of them pieces is coming back from Melo to Russ mm-hmm. on down, man, because. I could see them keeping uh, Davis and LeBron and building around that. Mm-hmm. And just like CB said, we need some youth. We need some defense. We need yeah. some shooters. We need to be able to space the court. It's just a lot that the team need to even get back in the right spot. You know well, I saying? would say, man, it's going to be tough to get rid of Russ, man, because – That contract, what is it, four-year? No, I think he got – the only thing that makes him desirable is that he's on – this is last year on his contract, I think. Mm. But besides that, his play last year, bro, leading the league in turnovers and just – he looked like he fell off the cl- like a cliff, you yeah. know what I'm saying, from the last couple of years. Yeah. <clears throat> like you said before, your point was I don't know if it was that him playing in a small market before mm-hmm. or him coming to L.A. this time and we get to shine that light on him, but it yeah. just have not been good for us. Pressure, man. But I will say, man, they got to clean that roster up, man, if they want to do any type of competing next year because those guys are only going to be a year older. LeBron is a unicorn. He a one of one. You get what I'm saying? But – the Mellows, the Russes, the just even the guys that didn't even play much. It's time for them to go. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Like you had your run. Now it's time to do something different. My thing is, and just to just to muddy it up just a little bit, will will the Lakers even be a factor in the West this coming season? Do y'all see them or foresee them being able to 
even even push the Suns or push the top teams in the West, like are they even on Golden State level? No, no Golden State in the finals. So it's, it's they got it. It's I don't know, tough. man. It's tough, bro. The West is doing nothing but getting better. These young players are doing nothing but getting better and taking their games to new and higher levels. So, like, for those guys to compete, man, they're going to have to, again, clean that roster up, get youth and talent, and see what they can do, man. I agree. Switching gears, man. Did you guys see the fight? Did you guys I see did. the Javante, Tank Davis, and Roley Romero fight? I did. And if so, what were some of your thoughts? Well, I thought, man, I thought it was good to see Tank kind of Step into being the champion. I told you this a little bit earlier. Um, Tank was doing a great job um, of the way he was talking, the way he was uh, communicating. I did, the like, way I did like all that. He didn't communicate with everybody the way he played his role, um, the way he didn't let Roley get under his skin, the way he mm-hmm. handled all those things. So I was it's kudos to Tank, but in the ring, he handled business. He handled business. Uh, Roley did a lot of talking. He was going to end it in one round and all of this crazy stuff. Tank kept his composure, figuring him out probably about this about middle of the second, beginning of the third round, and from there on he kind of picked his, his spots, and eventually knocked knocked him out in the six. <laughs> CB, what about you? Any thoughts on the fight from your vantage point? I mean, he said it all. I think the biggest thing what I see is growth, maturity, patience. Yeah, and it's hard. You think about it. It's hard being a patient fighter when you're a pit bull. Mm. But that's the maturity in it. This guy is Roly is bigger, and he's just as strong, if not stronger. Yep. There you go. If not stronger. Yeah. So you know, I, I might have to fall back a little bit. So mm-hmm. that, that shows a lot about him, bro, and so, why he the champ. In y'all opinion, is Javante Tank Davis top ten pound for pound? Top ten, yeah. Yeah, top ten. Oh yeah. 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 I think he top ten pound for pound. Yeah. Looking at his resume, has he fought any other top? Welterweights, I mean lightweights. Any anybody at one thirty five or one thirty that make a case for him being top ten pound for pound? I would say this: he the highest pay per view draw going right now. Definitely. So that that's gotta account for something. You know what I'm saying? Well, I will say with his resume, it could be better. You know what I'm saying? He could have fought some of the Lomachenkos and uh, Tiafimo Lopez or some of the guys that's around his weight class. But, again, he is the highest drawer. He is fighting on pay-per-view, so he is the one. They People picking the fights, you get what I'm yeah. saying? So, But going forward, he is going to have to take a higher challenge. He is going to have to take on some of those bigger-name fighters, I think, to get the the higher respect in the pound Personally, pound. I would have him at 10. I would have him at, like, top 10, mm-hmm. pound for pound. I am in agreement that he has to now – fight more elite competition, elite level Correct. fighters at this level to justify being number one pound for pound or moving up that mm-hmm. pound for pound list. Because the one thing he's doing a phenomenal job at, he's entertaining. He's worth that seventy five dollars yep. that we paying for pay per view. Yep. Because nine times out of ten he gonna give us a knockout. He gonna give us some excellent boxing skills and we gonna get a good showing and get our money's worth. You know what I'm saying? So he's doing all he's checking all the boxes, in my opinion, on that level. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that um he is top ten pound for pound, but he's not high up the list on a pound for pound. I think that's the right way to kind of categorize it. Well See, let's welcome in Alex Green. Let's switch gears and do okay. that. Okay. Alex, what's up, family? 
What's going on, fellas? Hey, my apologies, man. I'm in this airport. Hey, it's still a Monday, man. Don't worry. It's all good, man. We just thank you for joining us. We know it's not only a Monday, but it's a holiday. Mm -hmm. And so for for you to join us and give us a little bit of your time, man, we thank you for being here with us today. No, it's all love, man. I appreciate y'all having me on, man. It's an honor. Hey, to 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 kick it off, man, Alex, t- tell the people a little bit about yourself, a little bit about how you got to where you are today, and then we gonna we gonna unpack all of what you've been through, man, and just have a good little time. Okay, so let me start from um, the hometown. Uh, grew up in Portland, Oregon. Uh, It's a big city, but the black population is small. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So everybody kind of know everybody, you know, a lot of cousins, a lot of third cousins, you know, so it kind of give you a feel of what it's like. You know, growing up, I had seven brothers. You know, uh, I was the youngest up until seven years old. So Mm -hmm. a lot of fights, if you can imagine, the household, Mm -hmm. you know, in a two, three bedroom with seven boys, you know, uh, you know, keep entertainment. We wrestling, (laughs) fights. Oh, playing yeah. sports, so the whole nine, right? So, mom's got us in sports. Started playing football. Fell in love with it at the age of seven. Uh, to the point where I used to go outside, man, and like just fall on the grass, come back inside, like mom, let my football player, you know, like <laughs> really, good, like loved it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, that carried me on, man. Uh, to middle school, high school, um, struggled academically. High school, went to a junior college in California. That's where I had my first taste of like real life. That's where dudes from Florida, Cali, you know, Kansas, like all around the country that's coming to play. And we all sharing the same passion because, you know, ain't no scholarships in junior college. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta really love the game for real. So, you know, you sleeping in the in a two bedroom and it's like twelve of y'all. You know, mm-hmm. some people on the floor, you know, on the couches, you know, it's crazy. So you gotta really like really love the game for real, you know, and really like, got a vision to get up out of there. So that like my first real taste of like adversity when it comes to the sport. Um so went through that, man. Uh it was it was a struggle, you know. Uh we you know we had dudes in there, man, who wouldn't last a, a month. You know, dudes couldn't make it through the season. Either it was financial reasons, you know, people were hungry, you know, couldn't keep up with the with the environment. Um, you know, it was just it was just one of those things that uh I'll never forget, but it was also a blessing because it turned me into a man for real. And I yeah. stuck in my car for two months. And I remember mm. one of them, they always kind of make fun of me, but I took like 26 semesters one semester. <laughs> or, or, or 26 units, you yeah. know, one semester. And my mentality, bro, like, honestly, I was, I was only really remember me being that much, having that much on my plate. I remember just like, man, I have to go D1. Mm-hmm. That's the next mm-hmm. step to go to the league. So I have to, no matter what, I had, I had offers from, uh, I had one other offer from Liberty University in Virginia, and they had D1AA. That was like my highest offer because, again, I had bad grades out of high school, so it carried me to my college. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to cut my hair. It was a Christian school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, you know, <laughs> mind you, I'm a running back, and they getting the ball, you know. That's where um your boy uh, Rashad Jennings went. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was nice. Jacksonville, yeah, yeah. 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 So he was getting fed 20, 24 times a game. You know, as a back coming out of Juco, that's what I wanted. That's kind of the same style I had when I was in my my Juco. So it was either go there, cut your hair, but you're going to get fed to Rock. You're going to be that guy or go to Hawaii. And you might get the ball three, four, five times a game. 
and you can be pass blocking, but you can keep your lot. So I'm like, I'm going to Hawaii. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to Hawaii. I ain't You know, because for me, my hair was like, I was telling somebody the other day. Like, for me, my hair was like a part of my growth, for real. Part yeah, of my struggle. You know? yeah. I was going through a bad time. I was, I was drunk, was, was wicked out. You know, it was mm-hmm. crazy looking. I had the big, the big fluffy beard, but that was part of my story, you know, when I got mm-hmm. in a different level, I would clean it up, get my junk retwisted, and I would, you know, start over. But uh, I went to Hawaii um, for a scholarship. Got blessed to go there, man. As you can imagine, Hawaii beautiful. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, the culture is beautiful. You know, it's family oriented. The woman beautiful. You know, the dudes got your back. They like you. They love you. Um, football team. They play hard. You know, we traveled a lot. Obviously, mm-hmm. been in Hawaii, so we've been gone weeks at a time. You know, it was just lovely. It was just like a real, real blessing, man. Coming from sleeping in the car, you know, taking twenty six units, having a vision to plan in mm-hmm. paradise. You yeah. know, and winning and doing good and, and excelling, and now I'm getting the ball 19 times a game, mm-hmm. changing the changing the system up. You know, really being that dude, like things are starting to manifest. Mm-hmm. Um, so going through that, man. Uh, my best friend had got killed right before my senior season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got killed February 28, 2010, mm-hmm. and that kind of like it like turned me up. You know, it was like when I stopped being afraid of dying. That was the closest thing to me to death. At that time, I was 21. And uh, I wasn't afraid to die, and I wasn't afraid to fail. Because I feel okay, one, if I die, I'm close to my boy. And if I fail, well, it ain't as bad as dying. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't I wasn't scared no more. I didn't have that fear no more. Like, well, like Mel, my name Jamel Taylor, was like, man, Mel already gone. So mm-hmm. what I got to lose, that's the worst thing that could have happened. And I'm still able, I, I got a fighting chance. I wake yeah. up every day breathing air. And I got an opportunity to go fight. Yeah. Like my dog would have every had one opportunity. So my mentality was that. But I went to that senior season, boy, went crazy. Mm. Went crazy. Um, October 3rd, my son was born. That next week, I broke the record. 319 yards and 27 carries. Wow. Okay. Um, so that was another fire that kind of sparked under me. And each time I had adversity up against him, but I always kind of came out of it because it kind of made me like, I always, for me, I always like that back against the wall feeling. For me, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Some people like to, like, I don't like when it's nice out, you know, a nice game, the field is perfect. I don't like those. I like when it's raining, when it's cold or it's snowing, you know, the field is uneven, you know, everything against you. I like them games. I like when the odds are against me. I've always been that way. So, brought out that season, you know, got blessed enough to go play in the NFL. You know, and again, that was a process, you know, uh, Childhood dream, like I said, she's seven years old, going outside, man, falling in the grass, coming inside, swimming off. I'm a football player. Now I'm really living this dream. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Back, this childhood man. dream, bro. Like, it came true. I went to the combine. I'm at the Cam Newton's, Mark Ingram's. I'm like, yo, this is Cam Newton right here. I'm sitting on the bus with Cam Newton, bro. Like, I was wow. tripping. Like, you know, but that's when I realized, like, okay, they just like me. You know, we yeah. the same people for real. Yeah. So, go to Green Bay Packers. Oh, you know, Life is good, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Life is good. You're getting very good. You're young. You're successful. Dream come true. You know, you're living it. You know, everything is lovely. You know, a winning team. You got Aaron Rodgers, that quarterback. Everybody knows Green Bay. They just won a Super Bowl the year before they drafted me, so I'm hot. Mm. You know, in my city, like I said, my city where I come from is a small community, so everybody knows who I am. I can go anywhere I want. You know, which is love, bro. I got kids. Like, everything is good, bro. I um, Week seven against Minnesota. Rookie year, I turned my ACL. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the beginning. 
always kind of look back and try to figure out where that beginning was that I kind of fell off. And I keep always kind of say this when my, when my boy passed in 2010, but I think it was when my ACL got torn. And now, I'm, mind you, I haven't got injured yeah. from 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 seven years old <laughs> until 23. Mm, right. You know what I'm saying? So we're talking about run. 19, some 18, 16 <laughs> years, bro, just playing straight through every single season, every fall, yeah. 16 falls. You know, so... It was my first time really sitting out and watching and having to like nurse this injury. And I couldn't, and, and, I, and I'm already there. I'm already at that level. So it was hard for me, one, to stay motivated, but it was hard for me to like to really grasp it. Because now you're in a business where if you're not playing, you're getting cut. Yeah. You know, you ain't just, oh, you got next shirt, it's all good, you can red shirt, or, you know, you'll get it back next season. It's probably one. Like, nah, this is the big time, bro. It's your business. You know, yeah. your business took a hit, a big hit. Yeah. At your position, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Um, I started drinking a lot, man. I went. I started drinking a lot, um, so bad to where I mean, cause I was only going to treatment, uh, you know, about thirty minutes a day. Mm. You know, I would go to I wake up about ten o'clock, you know, go to the facility, get my knee iced, you know, hop in a hot tub, get it iced again. They'll stretch me out a little bit, and I'm going home. Mm. You know, like all day. You know, we still getting paid, so it's like, bro, you got all this time, you got money. I got people flying in. You know, I'm just like on vacay, really. Mm. I was already like in COVID before COVID even happened. Which is, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> so I'm just drinking, bro, like every day, like so bad too. I'm hitting teammates. Um. On at that time, it was called like Tango, like a little voice note thing yeah. back then. Oh yeah. It was so bad, bro, that because he was on IR2 for concussion, so he really was chilling. Like, he, he would come in and just get looked at real quick, and he gone. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to IR him for concussions, but <laughs> he was on IR, he would come in for a second. This is like check in real quick, but it was so bad, bro, that I would, when I got done with getting stretched out, I would just hit him on a little voice going and be like, yep, and he'll hit me back, yep, and, and that meant it's go time. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go get some bottles. <laughs> Or he finna come to the crib and we're gonna blow it down and we're gonna get lit. Yeah. Every, every single day, bro. Every day. That's what we did. And I would do it to excess. You know, he would leave and he'd be lit. And I'm still going. You know, I'll be going yeah. playing back with myself. Going. Yeah, I'm still going. I'm playing bad with myself. Lit. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Big on, you know, wake up, like I said, wake up 10 o'clock. So that kept going on until I started getting better. You know, then it's like, okay, it's almost time for me to start getting back on the field. So let's fast forward to like summer, like around training camp. So I got, remember, I got hurt in uh, November. Mm-hmm. That whole season without playing, went that whole spring, and now summer back up, and I'm about seven months. You know, I'm close, seven, eight months before I got to be back on the field. I'm already kind of cutting by this time, and the news article is coming out, oh, green, healing fast, and. You know, we want to make it have a breakout year. And this is when Adrian Peterson had his ACL tear, too. And he came back, so the pressure was on. Like, well, I can't get out of Man, he was <laughs> Superman with his ACL injury, yeah, though, no. man. Yeah. Six-month recovery or something crazy. <laughs> bro, crazy. I'm not AP. Right? Bro, I'm not AP. Bro, AP different. You know what I'm saying? He got hurt after me. He got hurt in December. And still so came like, back before you. Had <laughs> for me and had two thousand yards rushing. And MVP, I think, bro. <laughs> comeback player, bro. got comeback player of the year. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. Yo. Bro, it was crazy. I couldn't even finish my season. I'm like, what are you, what are you got going? What are you doing? 
<laughs> I should have been on that, but you know, but that going to tell you the difference about taking your taking this process serious too, and the recovery serious. That's a good point. So, That's true. Yeah, you know. Um, so the season coming up, you know, we're in training camp. I get my first carry, and I hit. I'm gone. You know, I turn my left ACL, so by design, it right me to the right. So I can cut off my right. And uh, I hit, I'm gone. I'm feeling good. You know, everybody, oh, he back, he back. And I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm I'm, living up to the hype. And, you know, I'm soaking in the hype, too, believing the hype, you know. So I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm back. You know, I feel good all camp. I actually had a great camp that year. Um, They didn't draft no running backs. It was just me and James Stark to the backfield. Ryan Graham already took off. And had Brandon Sane that came in as a free agent. You know, he was doing okay. good, but he just what he was doing. So it was really me and him. And Stark was kind of always injured, too. So, um. I go, I go into the season, you know, everything good. Starks get hurt. They bring in Cedric Benson. Yeah, uh -oh. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, but he said, they bring him in um, while Starks was out. I think Starks ended up being on IR early in the season. And so he was starting. Sed was starting. He get hurt against uh, the Colts. Middle of the season, I come in. Boom, I hit a 44-yard run. You know, towards the end of the game, we ended up winning the game, blah, blah, blah. You know, now I'm hot. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm waiver wired, but this is it. This is my shot. I'm going. Like, everything good. Now I'm starving. So I'm going to start the next few games. I started that next game against the Texans when they was undefeated with J.J. Watt and all that. They was undefeated. It was like 5 0, 6 0 at that time. And we came into uh, 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 to the stadium and beat them. And that was like my first real Saturday night football game. Okay, now I'm hot. Now it was popping. So now, like, I ain't really drinking as much mm. unless. I know we got an off day the next day. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm still blowing it down every day. Yeah. You know, because to me, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because to me, smoke is no big deal, for real. You know, it ain't right. hurting my body like, mm -hmm. like, we just knew, okay, well, if you drink, you can't wake up the next day. You know, but if you smoking, you know, smoking is healing. It's healing your body and it's all good and you relax. And so I'm smoking as like treatment, as therapy, you know. Um. So, going through the season, but I'm still blowing it down. I'm only drinking when we got days off. And right after the game, I get lit. You know, we got uh, Tuesdays off. So, Monday night, I'm on one. Probably have a little shorty come through. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, that's when we really getting at it. You know, Friday, like a walkthrough tempo day. And then Saturday, we travel. Sunday, we showtime. So, that was our schedule. You know, so, I, and I was on Adderall. You know what I'm saying? Adderall, so, I'm on all kind of like. You up and final. down, man. <laughs> Dang. Bruh. You Bruh. everywhere with it. Bro, <laughs> let me tell you. I wanted the most. I wanted the highest Adderall because to me, I'm throwed off, so I need to be focused. Yeah. So they get five, man. Me and my, me and my dog, I can't say no name. Me and my dog, another runner back. We popping 25, two of them at a time. Mm. So, so, so think about this. Think of, so just picture this real quick. Saturday night, we in a hotel. Sunday we wake up. I have Shorty come grab me from the hotel, who at that time was staying with me. We drive into the stadium. I'm blasting music, playing some old school, playing some old Jeezy, with some trick, blowing it down. Sunroof open. Driving to the stadium. She already done gave me two Adderalls, so I'm on one going to the game. <laughs> I get to, or get to the stadium. Now we on pain pills. You know we on. Thoughts, yep. yeah, you know what I'm saying. We on Red Bulls, five hour energies, you know, all 
body body oiled down and icy hot and, and, and tiger bomb. You know what I'm saying? So you want to feel, bro. You ain't feeling nothing. You like another you just, world, man. Whole another world, bro. So he, it, like if a player hurt, he really hurt because you really can't feel nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Player hurt, but he really hurt her because he can't feel a thing until the next day. So I'm on all that in the game, bro. Like, wow, just mm. just trying to get any edge I can, you know, to be best, to be the best. Not knowing, man, just get sleep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He helped. I wasn't really eating healthy like that either. You know, so all, all these things that kind of I could talk about it now without throwing that guilt and shame. You know, mm-hmm. but all things, bro, play a, a part of it. You know, and so. Fast forward into the season. Um, we go through the season. My knee started swelling up after every game, after every practice. It went from like every game to like every practice. So now like a Tuesday or a, a Monday walkthrough practice, but my knee getting swollen. Mm. Oh, nice. We had a game yesterday. It's supposed to do that. I'm like, all right, but mm. on Tuesday, Wednesday, I come in. Wednesday, I come in. We got a full-blown practice, full pass. I'm like, and my knee swelling up. It's hurting. Like, oh, nah, it's okay. You know, it'd, it'd be good by, by Friday, Saturday. You know, so it's supposed to be you fresh out of surgery, so just expect that. I'm like, oh, man, it was going on the whole season, but to the point where I couldn't even bend my knee. Wow. I couldn't even bend it for real. I couldn't bend it full range, so I ended up sitting out. I ended up sitting out the last game I was in active against the Titans, then I was in active against the, in the playoffs against uh, the 49ers when they played, when Kaepernick went crazy on us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, so that whole season I couldn't play. So fast forward real quick, twenty thirteen come up. So in the off season, so now this off season, I'm like, okay, I've been in the league a couple of years. I had my little shot, you know, it went okay. But now this is like my, this is third year. Okay, now nah, mm-hmm. like they no skip. It's the money year. <laughs> no, they come out, they come out and draft Eddie Lacy and Jonathan Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Alex, and they they fed they fed the mess out of Eddie Lacy. Yeah, they did. His fat oh, butt. Yeah, yeah. He ate himself out the league too. All right. Himself <laughs> out the league. <laughs> that was crazy. And I can't say honestly, bro. I was like on some hating stuff because they he came to my. <laughs> I was like it's fat butt. Like get him out of here. You know. <laughs> But, you know, shout out to dog, man. You know, we all human, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, 2013 season come in, so we got five backs in the backfield. You know, I'm still starting. I come to the camp starting. You know, I have a great week of practice. Slowly but surely, I started working Ed in. You know, started working the, the rookies in. And my knee was my my, my my I wasn't the same, but I was still cool. I just wasn't the same player. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, bro, like my college taping. So my preseason with the year, I'm like a slash, I'm not like a cut. Yeah. I'm a hard cut, you know. And I just couldn't do that. I wasn't that same type of dude. So once I got released, from, so I got released in camp. Once I got released from uh, Green Bay, bro, the drinking picked up. Now I'm drinking during the weekdays. Now, mm-hmm. so I, I woke up. Crazy story, bro. My brother, Tom, she was from New York. Mm-hmm. She's always going to go back home. And I would tell her, I'll never go to United. Mind you, I never been to New York. I always tell like, bro, I never go to New York. It's too busy. Like, I don't want to go to New York. I'm from the West Coast, you know. And she like, so that like next two days, bro, I wake up. This is how I got traded, bro. I wake up on an off day on Tuesday. 
I go to the living room, turn the TV on, bro. My name on the ticket. Queen bitch. And I'm like, bro, ain't no way in hell. Ain't nobody called you or nothing. They ain't gave no heads up, bro, a, a G or nothing, huh? Bro, I, heads up. Y'all send me yeah, bro. <laughs> like, bro, I was sick. What's your so, agent hey, say? Hey, was your girl happy you was in New NY now? Did that end up yeah. helping? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was at home. Yeah. What's your agent say, though? I, I know you. Did you talk to your agent about that? That trade? So when, I, so when I seen it, I called my agent. And I'm like, yo, they trained me to the Jets. Like, yeah, we're doing a, uh, I'm just, I just found out too, we're doing a paperwork, blah, blah, blah. Like, Why can't anybody call me for this shit? Came out on the, on the news. Right. <laughs> you no, know, like, oh, sometimes it's like that, you know, the process goes so fast and the media get a hold of it because they have media day when, it, when they release the people. Mm -hmm. So the media get a hold of it before sometimes the agents do it. I'm like, like a little source, a little school. Basically, somebody got paid to leak yep. it, you know. Mm -hmm. Got paid, you know. Mm -hmm. So, Long story short, I go to New York, bro, and at, like at this point, I'm like, I'm like done with football. So imagine living your childhood dreams at seven years old, yeah. everything on it, and you dread going to work every day. Yeah. And because I couldn't phantom that, I couldn't phantom, bro. Why? Why am I hating going to work? So I would like fake it, like, nah, bro, I love it. This is what I dreamed to do. Ain't no way I don't like it. So I'm trying to find different things I like about, it, bro. I hated it, bro. I hated the people, I hated the culture, I hated the club. <laughs> I, hated, yeah. I hated the fans, bro. I hated everything about it. Bro. I hated where I live and my girl got into it every day, bro. I hated it. So I would drink myself into despair. I was mm -hmm. smoking to despair, bro. I was going crazy and I couldn't figure out why. So I kept drinking, trying to figure out an answer, you know, like trying to find some type of happiness. So go through that season, you know. Uh, I get close with some dudes. The next season, they bring in like, so I got a chance to be like Mike Vick. Mike Vick came in. That's when Ed Reed came in. Yeah. This is like Rex mm -hmm. here. Okay. Vick, Ed, uh, Crow was already there. Cromartie was already there. Uh, Chris Johnson, CJ2K came in. You know, Chris Ivory, he was already there. Uh, but Lap Powell was there. So I'm like, born a depth chart. Mm -hmm. Just all ripped. He got Chris Ivory, Bob Bell, Chris Johnson. Like, hey, ain't no way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm already four, so I'm really like, I'm going to be a special teams dude if I make this team. You know, so I got to work extra hard. And I'm already your overhead at this point. I'm already <laughs> my third. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm like a rookie fighting for my life, but and, and I wasn't happy. You know what I'm saying? So went through it, bro. Um, like, I got to release that camp. I was going through it, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was going through it. I released that camp. I ain't want to play. I wanted to play, but I just wasn't. My heart wasn't in it. Like, mm -hmm. I wasn't happy. Uh, and I couldn't figure out why. You know, I was away from home. I was all the way out west. My kids was back. Uh, I was already out. I was out east. My kids was back west. And I just couldn't figure, find that balance. I couldn't figure out how to say no to family. So they was like being a vampire. They was sucking me dry. You know, people are seeing a lot of fake things happening. I know I ain't know how to deal with it. I had the tools really deal with all the stress. Um, so after I got released, uh, I just kind of chilled out for a sec. I did a couple of workouts. Actually, I, I ended up flying to LA, and as soon as I got to LA, the Giants called me for a workout. Mm -hmm. Like literally, when I landed, I checked my phone, and the Giants, my agent called me and said, "Hey, the Giants want to work you out tomorrow." And I just landed in LA from New York. Got to fly right back. <laughs> hey, now mind you, prior before that, 
like a week or so at Barty Pass, I got released. So I'm at the house drinking every day for a week straight, smoking all day long. So I'm out of shape. You know, I ain't really working out like that. So I go out there. I did cool. They didn't sign me. Actually, it was a good workout. So it kind of surprised me, but they didn't sign me, obviously. I come back to L.A. Uh, I get my car shipped out there. So I was going to stay out there with my cousins and work out and try to figure it out because I was back in the West. Oh, got out there, worked out. You know, then, like, Carolina reached out. I went to go play with Cam, went to Carolina, worked out with them for like two days, didn't work out, sent me back. Then I went to Detroit, didn't work out, sent me back. So I'm going back and forth. Now, I'm yeah. exhausted. Awesome. You know, I'm yeah. done. So I wake up, bro. I, at this point, this is when I started like turning that turn that page on, okay, bro, you really got a problem with drinking and drugging. Yeah. Now I'm waking up six, seven in the morning with my body clock used to, but I'm going straight to the store. You know, I've mm-hmm. been in LA, but in LA, the liquor store, every corner, they open. Early in the morning, you know, so I wake up as soon as the sun come up. I'm outside, you know, it's nice. So I'm walking right to the store, grab me a bottle, welcome back to the crib. Mm-hmm. You know, and now, hey, I'm just on one, you know. And I did that, bro, for like a, really like a year. To be for real, like a year until then I finally made my way back north, up north, or, you know, up north from LA, mm-hmm. back to Portland. Be with the family, kind of my mind right, kind of walk away from football. That's when I got to the coat. Mm. So now I'm here, hang around some old D boys, you know, and, and make a move, blah, blah, blah. And broke the cardinal rule. Yeah, I own supply. Mm. You know, so now I'm on one, but I ain't really stuck yet. I'm just kind of, I'm still having fun. I'm still partying, mm-hmm. you know, kind of living the post football life, trying to figure out my lane, you know, and trying to, okay, well, you ain't no. Street dude, no hood dude, you know, you was an athlete, so stay in your athlete lane. I'm just trying to hang out. And that wasn't my lane. And uh long story short, I kind of put it down, but not really. But I ended up going back to go play again. So I go to Canada to go play. So I'm like, okay, change your scenery, change your people, you know, change the things around you. I go to a whole new country out east, you know, in Toronto by Toronto called Hamilton. I go out there and play. And how that worked out was that I woke up. You got another one for me? I woke up hungover. And I, I woke up hungover, basically still drunk. And I called my agent and said, hey, man, call every team in the CFL. Let's just see what happened. And that one team reached back out. And that's how they. That's how I got with them. So I went out there for a camp. Did good in the camp. You know, lost like 10 pounds. Did good in the camp. They, they actually released me, sent me back home. Kept CJ Gable. He got hurt, brought me back out there. I played in the game and balled out. I had like 140 on 10 carries. I came back the next day. They traded CJ, and I was the man. That's how that worked out. Wow. So, anyway, Hamilton said, that's why that 15 that I got, that's why the 15 means so much. Like my comeback, never give up type year. You know, that's number one was 15. So, go through that, bros. But the thing is, up there, I'm drinking and drugging. I'm hitting Coke before the game. Mm. Damn. Now, now I'm on Adderall, weed, and Coke before the games. Wow. We Bag, bro, we passing the bag under the stars, bro. Before the game, bro. Yeah. While they in the little pray, bro, we in the bathroom real quick, bro. Getting on before the game, bro. Wow. We coming to have the same thing after the game. Of course, it's on. It's green light. So I'm in the game, bro. Hot. You know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy, bro. I did that for that first year. The second year, I shut it down because I kept having these little nagging injuries. I'm like, bro, this has got to do something with these drugs, bro. I mean, obviously, but I got something, <laughs> something got to check. You know? <laughs> like, 
common sense. So I changed it my next year in 20, well, uh, 2018, bro. And I still broke my hand the first game. I caught Johnny Manziel's first touchdown pass when he came up there with a broken hand. Mm-hmm. Had a broken hand. At- hey, G, is that is that is that line on your hand? Is that where you broke it at right here? Yup, I see it. Yup, yeah, I see it. I yep. see it. Yeah. Yup, that's why I broke my, broke my hand on that drive and caught his touchdown pass with a broken hand. I ain't know until I came to the sideline. Like somewhere on my hand, I thought it was like kind of jammed, but nah, it's broke. You know, <laughs> I be telling these little chicks it broke my ring finger. Lift it. I can't. Eric, can't you know get married, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm football. Hey, bro, take my wing finger from me. Nah, but uh, so I go through that year, bro. Um, that's when I shut it down. Really, like I'm like, okay, like started eating healthy. You know, I started doing meal prep, ordered some meal prep. Uh, started going to the facility because I watched Charles Wilson, bro. He'd be he'll be before the games on a bike, getting busy. Yeah. Working out before the game, like like dripping, like a full workout before the game. You know what I'm saying? I, I talked to Ed Reed. He told me, man, Ed Reed stretching three or four times a day. Yeah. He getting stretched out three or mm. four times. He don't leave the stadium. He's in the stadium all day long. He lasted, what, 16-something years, 15 years. Yeah. So I took that mentality in the game. I used to I mean, Aaron Rodgers. He would walk to the stadium. He'll walk to the lunchroom, bro, looking at his iPad, watching film. Mm-hmm. Walking to – Walking to lunch, watching film. He ain't got time to be conversating really less about ball. Mm-hmm. He about his business. You know what I'm saying? Like he was sick. And that's how I so I took all those tools, bro, from these great players and I applied it to my 2018 year in Canada, bro. And Lord behold, once I came back from my injury, I then that broke a record. I came back and played six. I missed I missed six games and I played six games, but I had like seven hundred yards rushing over like like almost thirteen touchdowns. I went crazy. I finna break a record. And we would have kept going to the playoffs. And I'm going to the champ. We were one game away from going to the breakup, which is like a Super Bowl in CFL. You know, so that's when it started clicking. Like, okay. But I felt good leaving because I knew, okay, I would apply myself, bro. Okay, I could be who I wanted to be and I could do what I wanted to do and I could be this player. Facts. So, getting out of that. Everything good. Oh, me and my girl break up. Uh, I ain't what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Playing no more. I'm trying to figure out my lane. You know, I still can't really figure it out. Go back to school. Got to finish school. You know, I want to coach. I try coaching high school. I want to do personal trainers. Like, what do I really know? What do I want to do? I want to start over with school and do something else. I couldn't figure it out. In the midst of still trying to be a father, brother, son, you know, all these possibilities that we got. Oh, it's a man for real. And so, um, bro, I hit the Went back to our new best when adversity here, bro. Went back to the bottom one. Got back. And so, me and my girl was going through it. Uh, she ended up on, we ended up breaking up, bro. It ended up being like, not a bad breakup, but it was one of those things where it's like, okay, this is what I don't really trust. So, I'm on my own. I'm doing my own thing. I'm done with it. And so, now I'm like, now I'm really on one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm waking up. I was telling you before, bro, I'll wake up and hit that bottle. Bro, I wake up and hit that bag. Mm. Yeah. I wake up and hit that bag, bro. That's what I knew it was bad. Wow. Like, I wake up hit that bag, get in the shower, get out the shower, hit the bag, go to the car. Before I take out, before I take off, hit the bag. When I mm. get to my destination, hit the bag. Go in, go hit this errand, come back in, hit the bag. Like, it was bad, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hey, G, bad, bro. Hey, G did you ever find a root cause to why you, why you turn to substances? 
and and on top of when you answer that, was any of it like family history? People in your family did that. Your pops, your OG, things of that nature. Yeah, so I found a root cause. That's a great question. So I found a root cause. You know, it was childhood trauma. I actually did. So I'm doing step work mm-hmm. in my program, every program. And I just finished step five. Okay. Step writing down all my fears. Mm-hmm. All your fears, all your resentments towards people and why you got a resentment towards them. And then the other ones, your sexual inventory. Mm-hmm. Not, not all who you had sex with, but the ones who you hurt, for real. Yeah. Right, all them down and tell them to somebody. Like, really, use like a sponsor or a sponsor of a sponsor, a sponsor brother or something like that. I didn't mind my sponsor brother. But a lot of things in there, bro, that I wrote down or that I said to him, I didn't have wrote written down. You know, wow. yeah. one... Oh dang! But I didn't write it down because I really didn't want to tell you this. Mm-hmm. I was trying to still, you know, say you would seek out your secrets. And I had a lot of childhood trauma, bro. It, it, I told a story to my homegirl the other day, and she's like, "Yo, like nobody really lived like that, you know?" Because I grew up, bro. It was crazy. But I got some crazy stories, bro. Just like the environment we was in, the situation was. You know, we live in a cul-de-sac, and like I said, it was seven brothers, and across from us was seven girls. Around the same age group that lined up, and so we would do things, bro. I'm talking about seven around this same seven, eight, nine years old time, and seeing things, and and and, and then there was some blood thing right there. So we hanging out with some blood, and it was Crips who stayed in apartments down the street, and so we would see a lot of gang. Like we went to banks for real, and like it was crazy, bro. Like to us, it's normal, mm-hmm. you know how it's normal, but it's really it's really like childhood trauma that that hasn't been addressed yet. And I haven't addressed it, you know, and my best friend dying, like, like he ain't supposed to see that at that age. Right, you know, right. I, Facts. But we seen a dead body. I remember walking to the store. We might have been like nine. I might have been like nine. Maybe eight or nine. Send a, a dude get shot and killed at the store. Mm-hmm. And we, and all we did was just, oh, shoot, run back home. Run back to grandma's house and kept playing our football outside. Mm-hmm. Brother, on the corner, bro, like. You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't normal. normal bro. Yeah, it's not normal <laughs> at all. It's in the hood, bro. <laughs> right. So, P- yeah, so like, PTSD was real for you. Yeah. All that trauma mm-hmm. built up. Yeah. It just was. It just was adding up on you, AG, over the years, bro. And you didn't know the root at the time, but you would try to right. drink it out or drink it away. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I would try to drink it out. I couldn't figure out why I would do certain things. Why mm-hmm. my behaviors and my patterns would line up this way. My heart is good. I got a good heart. My mind my, my mind is pure as far as I know. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Why am I still doing why am I talking to the girl that way? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I still kind of want to hang out with this certain crowd. You know, or do this certain thing. I couldn't figure out why I was like that. I you know the character defects. And it came back the root of it, bro. Yeah, man, which is the childhood trauma that and that those these are alarm behaviors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Facts. But, be conscious of it or not, and as kids, we not conscious of it. Just right. what you see, and what you know, and all you know is what you know. Mm-hmm. So these are learned behaviors over time. Like my dad, my real dad, he would uh, drink, drink and drive with us in a car. Mm-hmm. Now, but he would drink and drive with us in a car, and to us, it was just drinking and driving in a car. And then as I got older, I'm like, "Bro, he's a drink and drive with us in a car." <laughs> but then right. guess what? <laughs> but guess what? Unconsciously, dang, bro. Now I'm on one in you the car. My kids you picked that up. And yep. your car, your kids in the back seat. Yep. Yeah. I picked, bro. I picked it up. Yep. You know, 
you know, put the same habits up. Yeah, learn, like, it's learned behavior, man. Yeah, learn, learn behavior. Another question, yeah. man. I want to talk to you about um, your time at the treatment center, man. How was that for you? You know what I mean? Now you you in this bubble now, man. And Yeah. So, so in the treatment, man, that was the best thing that happened to my life, man. It was a scary. <laughs> thing because you know not knowing the outcome and not knowing what's going to happen and 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 i know how it's going to feel after i get out because if lo and behold it don't work mm -hmm. boy right. this can't say <laughs> oh man that's a right <laughs> <laughs> right so i wanted it to work but i knew i had to put the work in you know because yeah. i didn't say but i work is there mm. and so going into it man i mean i spent 10 days detox it was the worst 10 days I probably had in my life. Was you relapsing, AG? Was you feeling the relapse? Was it hitting you hard? So I went into it on one. Okay. You know, I was taking, yeah, I was, I, <laughs> 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 I was taking, I was taking the, uh, the Uber to the treatment facility from the airport, hitting the bag, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't know what you was getting into. You were trying to get I your mind right before you got there, huh? <laughs> I told the dude, I said, look, Treatment for 45 days, bro. I'm finna get on one in this back seat. I'm just like, no. <laughs> I'm just like, and I was drinking in the airport and all that. But yeah, I was, yeah, I was trying to, I was, I was, I was ready to leave. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing about it, bro, I was, on my, I was on my phone, mm -hmm. you know, like most of us, you know, I was always running this drug, always running this alcohol, always around people, doing what I'm used to doing, being comfortable. And now I get uncomfortable as I can get. I got my phone took from me. There was no TV. There was no windows, bro. No windows. I couldn't look outside. There was not, no people. I couldn't. Bro, I just had me and a couple of bucks and a duffel bag, bro. That's wow. all I had with me, mm. bro. Wow. They put me in the room and they would knock on the door. Like, I'm in county. They would, my homeboy kind of make jokes. Like, oh, you going to put everybody in county? You going to county? <laughs> <laughs> but they would knock on the door and I have to wait 10 seconds. To, to open the door to get my food, my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, bro. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see body, bro. I, bro. I almost went, bro. I was in there like, like almost going crazy. Wow. Dang. Like, I'm crazy. So then the, the first three days was the hardest. Uh, after that, I started getting kind of used to it. I just kind of dealt with it. You know, I'm to like six showers a day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was <laughs> trying to stay doing push-ups, you know, and just kind of just, I started reading. After the 10 days, I got out. I could be around people. That's when it started, like, that psychedelic the psychedelic change, you know. That's when it started to happen. That's when I started to get, okay, now I'm starting to recover. Yeah. You know, at this point, seven days sober. It's like, okay, you know, you still kind of, you still, you're still at risk. You know, you're still in the red zone, but, like, you're okay now, you know. <laughs> so I started, uh, started being able to eat with the people. I started going to counseling. A cool dude named Juan, man, he, kept, man, he saved my life, man. Cool OG dude, bro, my counselor. And I would talk to him. He was available 24 hours a day. Mm. You know, and uh, I would go see counselors. We would go to these classes, these therapy classes. Uh, we would do step work. And every night we'd go to an AA meeting. And somebody would come in and speak and tell their story. Mm -hmm. So we wouldn't go alone. You know, and there was other, so the, the one that I went to in Jacksonville, there was other uh, NFL players, current and former NFL players. That's where they sent them to. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, okay. so I didn't really feel like like I didn't really stand out. You know what I'm saying? There was some there was, there was some dudes in there like, okay, man, like bro, I know who you were. That's crazy that you in there. Like, okay, we're going through the same struggle. I'm, I ain't alone. And he ain't alone too. We kinda mm -hmm. kinda that, that 
kind of shirt that pain for real. You know, and uh, bro, going through that man was like was was like I mean it was life changing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like getting real therapy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Getting real hip. Bro, I was talking to my sponsor. Like, how many days you sober? At this point, I was like 29 days. He was like, you were sober as you gonna be. Now it's time to recover. Mm-hmm. You know, time to heal. Like your brain's still healing, so take time. You know, take your time. I picked good foods, but I started working out again. You know, I started getting back in shape. Like I'm drinking water all day. You know, I'm eating fruits and vegetables, and I'm reading. So I'm, I'm, I'm speaking better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm listening to people talk and replying. Like I started feeling like a real, like a whole new man. You know, and I had a couple of like dreams and a couple of thoughts, but nothing really motivated me to go back. Mm-hmm. You know, and I. I think about those times, bro, that I was like explaining to y'all where it got bad, but when I'm waking up, bro, I was miserable. Yeah. You know, if I do get them thoughts in my head, I always go back to that time, but I'll get like teary eyed and like motivated and like, you no, know, bro, I would never. I, I told myself in treatment, I told myself in treatment, bro, in that 10 day detox, I told myself looking at the wall, bro, I said, bro, tears in my eyes. But bro, I swear to God, bro, I never go back to that ever. Yeah. Ever going back to that, bro? I would never go back to that person, but that person is gone. Mm-hmm. Like from here on, when I get out of here, I'm about to get busy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Real, I'm about to really get busy when I get up out of here, bro. Because ain't no way I can go from third round, ninety six overall pick, bro. Yeah, to mm-hmm. the Packers, bro, and have all the success and dreams finally come true. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and sleeping in my car, if I sleeping in my car, bro, and Juco with a pistol in my chest. A book in the air, I'm reading a reading a book, doing homework on speakerphone, talking to my baby mom because I had a newborn. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm, and I'm like in my mom, like bro, I don't even do that, but I was motivated, so I did all that and came out of it. You know, climbed yeah. out of that hole, I reached level of success, and then got beat down by this drug, bro. That yeah. drug, real, but it wasn't even the drug, bro. It was because the the, the the drinking and the drugs wasn't the solution, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, it wasn't a problem. You know what I'm saying? The problem was me. Mm-hmm. I was the problem. That was just a solution. Yeah. You know, the problem, bro. I was the one that needed to work on. You know, the, the drug and alcohol wasn't going to fix none of that like I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Alex, you got competitive drive, man. With that competitive drive, it allows you to make it from JUCO to a, D, a, D, a D1 scholarship to the league. Is that something that you use with your day-to-day battle with recovery? Like that competitive Absolutely. edge, for sure. Absolutely. So, like I was telling y'all before, how I had to recover my knee. I didn't take my recovery as, bro, this is my second chance. Like, I'm recovering my life now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not recovering. Yeah. That's good. No more. That's good. But I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not recovering. But I'm recovering my life. Yeah. I'm recovering my kid. Yeah. Bro. I'm recovering my mom, grieving over a dead overdose addict. You know what I'm saying? I'm re- but I'm recovering broken generational curses that my People put on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Seeing my yeah. dad do it, ain't none of my life, bro. Yeah. That's, I'm recovering all those things, bro, that affected me growing up. And for the young ones coming behind me, like even my babies, bro, like I'm, I'm recovering that. I'm recovering yeah. like my, bro. Yeah. Like for me, it's life for death. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> a great way to look at it bro. for real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I um, I know you you shared about your counselor uh, at the treatment center. Did you form any other relationships? Are you still currently, you know, speaking to your counselor here and there and, you know, some of the other people that help and sh- shape you through that process? No, nah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
I like that question because, but it's a, there's a lot of people that deserve they they uh they flowers, mm. you know. And uh, Lachey Davis, when I first made the phone call, bro, I was texting. I had my phone and I was texting before I bro, I was trying to OD. Mm. This was it's like the day before treatment. I was trying to OD and I was in my car and I was at a bottle out of bag and I had some weed rolled up. And I was texting my program manager from the league and I texted and I said, I need help. Just straight up, I need help. But I'm texting it thinking it's an office phone and I'm texting it to give myself an excuse to go ahead and jump off the bridge. Mm. Off the deep. Mm. So, hey, why well, ask for help? So, you Ain't know, nobody anybody hit me back. Yeah. Hit me back. So, you know, lying to myself, you know. So, bro, she ended up hitting me back. Wow. My phone, like, <laughs> I didn't answer. <laughs> This is through the voice message. Like, hey, I was like, got the text message. Give me a call back. I'm worried about you. As I'm reading it, she's calling again. So I answered her. Hey, let's share what's going on. She's like, hey, no, like, what's going on with you? Yeah. You know, you okay? I started crying. No, I'm not okay. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. I can't figure it out. You know, I'm drunk right now. I'm high. You know, I need, need some real life help. And she said, hey, look. And bro, I sent her phone and invented with her for about an hour, hour and a half while her newborn's in the back crying. And she sat on phone me, but at this at this time, probably like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, her time, East Coast time. And she heard me talk, bro. She didn't cut me off. She didn't rest off the phone. She let me get it all out. She said, hey, look, I'm going to send the treatment. All I need you to do is go to the airport. Mm. Just go to the airport. Yeah. So, That's a blessing so, right there, man. Yeah, bro. Blessing, bro. It was a blessing, bro. Just give me a fight, man, bro, for even reaching back. She could have seen the phone late. Ignored, ignored it. Too right. Late. Yeah. Her. She didn't have to. That's not her job to do that. She didn't have to do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's not what her job description says to help people who need treatment. That's not her job, bro. Mm. <laughs> so, Lachey Davis, for sure, I keep in touch with her all the time. Juan, my counselor, I keep in touch with him about, you know, once at, once a month, kind of send him an email. I'll give him a call and check in. Um, a lot of dudes I was in treatment with, we got a group chat. That we, matter of fact, I was in Denver with a dude who... uh. I call him like my brother. We got, you know, both kind of look alike. We got the hair. And, uh, you y'all, know. Y'all twins. Uh, <laughs> it's like my different brother from different mothers, for real. But we was in there. I was in Denver uh, for an event. And I ended up chilling. I ended up staying with him. You know, he showed me love. Stay with him. Maybe use his car, all that, you know. Um, he was in treatment with me. He came month, He came like uh, a week after I did. Uh, there was this one lady, uh, one older lady, man. I, 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 I came in one time. That's how I met her. I came in one time and I and I was like, man, I'm tired. You know, she's older, mind you. She's like, what you tired from? And it just hit me. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> 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 okay. okay. Uh, you said you're like, like, okay. <laughs> you know, like. Hey, you know, you're not gonna make it, you know, the time of that. Like, she's older, you know what I'm saying? She's still going. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So we cut so me and her became cool. I want her name is Shirley or Miss Shelby, something like that, you know. But uh I don't keep in contact with her, but she always in my thoughts. Yeah. That That's good. Always on her. It's yeah. my guitar, I always say like, guitar from, mm. you know. Uh and then there's uh, my other manager, my other program manager inside the treatment, Amanda, bro. She was kind of like getting me set up with after treatment and, and kind of calm my anxiety. Cause I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to go. Like, if I go back home, nah, don't go back home. I ain't been back home since November 11th, bro. Wow. November 10th. 
on tomorrow that uh eleven eleven. That's what I was, AJ, that's what I was AG, I was that's what I was gonna ask you. Did you have to change your environment? Which you obviously did, but how difficult was that transition not going back home and having to find a new start? Bruh, it it it's it's still new. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I still can't believe it, you know. Uh but they say, you know, change your people, places and things. Yeah. Mm. So they say you can't go home because you run the same environment. It's like setting up yourself up for like for getting set up for failure, basically. So I could have picked anywhere to go. You know, they would have took care of it. Like you pick anywhere in the country to go, you just can't go back home. You know, mm-hmm. so me, I'm I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to Miami, I'm going to go to Vegas, you know, San Diego, <laughs> crazy. You know, you pick it. Where's Pop? I'm picking the place that's going to tempt you, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so I chose Houston. My daughter out here. And I'm like, what I'm doing, man? Let me go to Houston, be my baby. Yeah. You know, it, it, I ain't really like it out here. I love it now. But again, when I was out here, I was on some BS. Yeah. Now I'm around great people. I'm meeting, I'm meeting owners. You know what I mean? I'm networking. You know, my like my vision clear. I'm in the right path. Like I'm meeting successful people. I ain't in this doing the crazy stuff. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, it's not as but the world looks different to me now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Than it ever have in my whole life. Not even just from me being sober, just me just having like a focused mindset now, you know? But it was hard, man. It was hard to, to just not be home, come out here, you know, leave everything there, start over and say, okay, this is your life now. Like, I really had like, really start over. You know, now, I had experience though from playing ball. So, you know, like I said in Juke, I was used to, okay, my first time leaving home was in Cali, going to Cali. So I was used to different environments and how to adapt. You know, I've been to, I've been to Green Bay, I've been to New York. You know, I've been to almost any place in the country. I've been to Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not my own to kind of adapt and start over. But this is a different. It was a different way because I had lost a lot. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. lost a lot, bro. And I always say like, yeah, man, that guy took from me and the girl and I took this and she sold that, which is true. But if you look back at it, bro, I sold. I mean, I gave that away. Yeah, bro, mm-hmm. I gave. I, I happily and willingly gave away my life. <laughs> right. I Kids away, but yeah. I gave my my ex my uh my materials away. Yeah. I gave my responsibilities. I willingly handed them over, but I put the drug first. Yeah, yeah. that's ownership and, and accountability for sure, man. At its finest. Mm-hmm. Uh, kudos for that. Yeah. Question to you I, is uh, how early back did you start using or somewhere? Were you one of those guys that could always play under the influence? Like, was it like, high school? Could you blow and play the game or? College, uh, could you get it in? <laughs> right, nah, I, I, I was never that dude because I'm, I'm an overthinker. Okay. I think, wait, so when I get high, I'm already like, nah, I'm messed up. I'm already, I'm, I'm, I'm too slow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so when I'm you were saying you was taking popping pills and blowing before the game, I'm like, wow. Because you, you know what I mean? Just because it's a thinking and game. Part of, <laughs> and the cold part about that is, is that it didn't work for me. Yeah. It wasn't like <laughs> right, <laughs> but I would do the cold. I'm in the airport talking about yelling. <laughs> <laughs> they about to not let you get on the plane. Right. <laughs> uh, first interview, right? Right, right. this interview, right? <laughs> but I, but I was on one, and you know, to calm my anxiety down. Okay. But it was it was doing the opposite, making it worse. Yeah, you know, I had more anxiety. I was more paranoid. Like the first time that I did, um, coke, bro, I was 
It was in 2016, and I went back home, went, went back to Hawaii to go coach and go finish school. This is before going to Canada. Okay. So this is after the league and before Canada. And that little cuz, I went, I went back to school and go uh, try to go coach, get on. I had a great opportunity, and I messed it up. But I did coach for the first time. I went to this party. And, you know, I'm fresh out the league. I'm back yeah. in Hawaii. You know, oh, I'm yeah, playing yeah. my part. And this dude, I went to the bathroom. And he had some females in there. No, he in a men's bathroom. Yeah. There's females in there. A lot of bad ones, too. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I go in there, and he's like, hey, uh, he's like, hey, you want this? And I'm like, nah, because back then, you know, I ain't really mess around until yeah. then. Now, my, it's 16. I ain't mess around in, 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 uh, in, uh, in uh, high school, nothing. I just yeah. blew. You know, right. No, that was like, nah, bro. I ain't, that's like, nah, hell yeah. no, nah, I ain't doing that. That's crazy, you know? And so that was the first time I did it because I got peer pressure. That's my first time being peer pressure, bro. And I gave in to it. Wow. Mm. Everybody and, was around. Like, and boy, AG, you, you gave in to it to somebody you ain't even know. He just was in the bathroom. Yeah. Bro, I ain't even know him, bro. Mm. But I knew he was a fan. He had, he had the whatever's with him, the buddies with him. They was all doing it. Mm. And I was like, damn. How could you say no right there at that point? I could have said no right there. I was like, come on. I want to be cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Fit in. Why you want to fit in so bad? Again, yeah. going back to them back to that childhood. That's good. You know, feeling like you didn't fit in or feeling like the all ball, whatever. You know, getting talked about. You know, the bullying, fighting a lot. You mm. know, not, not really feeling love. Love them by my mom, dad. Mm. You know, now you want to feel a part of something. Yeah. You know, and I ain't got football. Football is like my family. You know, so you got to get trying to you know. He would get. I got a homeboy getting the game, eating the game, because that's like family. That's his family now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he has his family at home. For me, football is my family. You know, even though I had a big family, I still didn't really feel that love for real. And so, any situation that I would get in, where I could feel a part of, or feel love, or feel like okay, it's my brotherhood, or mm -hmm. whatever it is, or you got my back, I'm a mess with it. And so that's what happened then. You know, I feel like, okay, well, now it's all good. Let me fit in. I don't want to be the one that ain't doing it. Mm. And that was the first one. I was, at that time, I was already older. I was 26 Yeah. Okay. You know? One more thing. I was already oh, What you going to say? Hey, my bad. Uh, I was thinking, like, you know, you talked about this a little bit. You in Houston now. What does life look like for you now? Like, what are some of the things you doing right now? Life good, man. Life good, man. Honestly, bro, like I said, like my vision is so much clearer that everything beautiful to me. You know what I'm saying? Like with my babies, you know, my daughter out here. I'm doing personal training. You know. Hey G, you probably appreciate the little things now. It's it's just probably life's so simple. It's just the littlest thing. It's probably just hitting you like that now. It's simple, yeah. you know. Like I said, you know, I'm doing personal trainers. I got my foundation going. You know, I got a children's book coming out. Nice. Okay. You know, uh, I'm, at the, I'm at the airport now. I'm going through this event in Wisconsin. You know, like, everything is good, man. You know, I got the, I'm the sponsor. I'm going to my meetings. You know, like, everything is good, bro. You know, my family healthy. Like, I'm healthy. You know, I'm back in shape. You know, like, but I, everything's good. I got the crib, you know, got... Like I got life back. It's not always where I wanted to, but it's like it's manageable. Mm -hmm. You know, as before, it, it wasn't manageable. Yeah. It, so life is manageable. You know, I can handle it. Like it's not too much. You know, and to me, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Like I love yeah. it. I love to sit. 
So everybody I meet, man, is like a blessing. You know, everybody I meet, so I got some type of positivity or some type of wisdom I could push off from. You know, and, and I try to get that back to not only my homies back home, but, you know, to the ones who I don't know for real. You know, I, I, but I got, I got current NFL players, okay. former players, basketball players who hit me up like, bro, I'm glad you shared your story, mm -hmm. bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to the same exact thing, bro. Like, when I first came out my story, bro, they was like, bro, keep going, bro. Don't talk to nobody. Keep telling your story, bro. I don't care how people look at it or say what they say about it, bro. You got a real life story, bro. It's giving them courage. Fact. You know, somebody struggling with drugs, bro. He said he, but he be sending me uh, every month. He'll send me his little uh, screenshot of the app of his phone that he uh, four months old. Nice, you know bro. nice. He's playing in the league right now, so it, people get. I mean, it, bro, stories every. I mean, I literally every day there's somebody hitting me up with something, bro. And so that's why I keep going. You know, I'm yeah. motivated by motivated. So, yeah. and we just feed off each other. You know, like y'all, bro. Like you doing something great, bro. Like I feed off that. Mm -hmm. You know, I feed off. Like rap with some real life people who go to real life issues that can understand what I'm telling you that can relate, you know, and, and give some get some feedback and I could draw your wisdom, yeah. you know, even a question bags. I know that either once somebody experienced it or you know exactly what it's like to be in a position where you was down bad. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah, how you gonna get out of it? To me, that's dope. Yeah. And like that's really, yeah. and that's what keeps me like going, bro, is that knowing that but it, I, I, I got a saying go, but it's not about how how hard you fall, bro, is how you get up. Yeah, you go. That's it, bro. bro. like somebody helped me to get to where I was at. Yeah. Not hey. only to the peak, but get me to where I'm at right now. So it's only right, but to reach back and grab somebody else and bring them along the ride, too. Hey, G, you know? the, the one thing that I'm inspired by, by you, your ability to reflect, mm -hmm. your accountability for the, for the role you yes. played yep. in your own destruction, but then, bro, and I, we are athletes, too. And we, when you an elite athlete, you already know what pressure come with that. But what I love about you, your yep. ability to articulate it. Because you kick it in a way you're going to change lives and you're going to reach the masses because how your dialect, how you articulate. Mm -hmm. The way the way you talk about it, bro, you're going you gonna, to you gonna be the dude that the league cats reach out to mm -hmm. and tell you. They're going to give you – you're going to be their accountability partner. Mm -hmm. Indir the indirectly, yep. but you won to yep. the cats in the league. Yep. If I can make it plain for you, there you go. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. And so I, I just want you to know, man. I'm I'm very inspired and encouraged by your journey, your rise, your your fall, and your how you risen again. You didn't let defeat keep you down. You didn't let the drugs steal your joy, your happiness. Mm -hmm. And look at you now, bro. We we got you in the airport because you making moves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> About to go do your thing right. in, in Wisconsin. You know what I'm saying? And so we salute you, bro. Just know, just know it's guys out here that that is inspired by it, that's motivated by it. No matter what level in life we're at, where we're at on that journey. We just see you, bro, and we able to say, you know what? It's possible because AG showed us. If you don't give up, mm -hmm. you can keep going. You can bounce back, and you can redeem yourself. So I, we just want to salute that, man. Oh, yeah. For sure, for hey, sure. I, I'm going to send a salute right back at y'all, for real, for real. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, there's a lot of wisdom in that room, man. There's a lot of strength in that room. And I can feel the energy just off the Zoom call. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm an emotional dude, and I feel energies. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but there's, there's some wisdom and there's some strength in that room, mm -hmm. man. Y'all keep that... Uh, for real.
We That's just dope. we trying to, Thanks bro. Man. We appreciate that. We appreciate man. it. Keep man. sharing that story, man. Hey, keep sharing your story. Oh. Ag, any we gonna we gonna push you. We gonna make sure we spread your name around. We in the Midwest, and so we want them to know. You know what I'm saying about you and your story because I know it can change lives and that's what it's about. That's what we about. So anything we can do to support you, be a blessing to you, even if just iron sharpens iron. You know how it is, bro. Like you, you just need guys that you can just just build with. Sometimes, yeah. just know that's we cool. we we here for it, man. And we can talk from the league all the way down to the trenches, man. So. We here for you, bro, and we want you to know that, man. And we thank you for hanging out with us. We took your time. We didn't let you get off the plane. Right. And we was blowing <laughs> we was blowing you down, man. So we thank you, bro, for, for hanging with us today. And we just want to say major salute on your recovery, on your bounce back, and much success to you moving forward. Oh, yeah. Man, 100, man. That's that's big love, man. That's yeah, big love. I'm, I appreciate that, bro. Somebody told me... Uh, like man, you don't take compliments. You no, know, every time I give a compliment, you give me one back. Just take the compliment and say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I had I had to learn that too. Uh, yeah, I I just say I receive that. That's what uh, I say now, and I just keep it moving. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, hey, man, we sending love your way. We want to say major salute, and once again say thank you for being with us today and hanging out with us for a little bit. Absolutely, man. I'm going to definitely keep in touch. You know, y'all some solid dudes. And I'm definitely going to keep in touch. Definitely, bro. Sure. You take care, man, and All we'll right. catch you in the next one. All right. Peace well, out. Yeah, take care, out. bro. So that's going to wrap up this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed this interview, this life-changing conversation we had today with Alex Green, former NFL player, turned motivational speaker, author, and all the wonderful things he's doing from his fall to his rise, man. He shared it. He broke it down as transparent as they come. That's what we want to do on Deeper Than Sports, man. Bring you guys real life scenarios, people doing things, going through things that overcame so that you too can know it's possible. We won't hold you guys up. We just ask you to tune in every week. Make sure you like and subscribe. Check us out on all platforms. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Apple Music, and anywhere else, Spotify. Until then, man, let us know if you've got questions for us as well. Anybody you'll want to see us interview in the future. And until then, we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Peace.